What is it we need today more than anything else? What is it that we need every single day of our life? Well, you could come up with a great list. We'd gather together and brainstorm and make it a short list. And I guarantee you what we all would come up with on that very short list is grace. Grace. Every song today, the lyrics that meant so much to us, it speaks to us, it's because we've been there, done that. And it's reminding us that, yes, I've had painful times, but what got me through? Grace. The statement just said, this has been the last, or the last six months have been the toughest of my life. What sustains you? Grace. What is it that keeps us? It's grace. Matter of fact, the Word of God tells us that where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. There's other language that the Bible brings out to us, and it tells us that God's grace is sufficient. Whatever you're going through right now, His grace is sufficient. Verse after verse reminds us of this thing called grace. Yesterday, we found ourselves in a cemetery singing, and once again, we sang a grand old song that we know well, Amazing Grace. And I thought it might be fitting today for us all to walk down that road one more time of Amazing Grace. I simply just want to read the lyrics. Let them speak to you again, because a lot of times when we're singing, we're just caught up in the next word that's evolving that we are to speak, but let these words resonate with you today. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I was the one that was once lost, but now I am found. I was blind, but now I see. T'was grace that taught my heart to fear. And grace, my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. This song even though over its adaptations and developments, there's some maybe nine verses, but most of us know four. But these two verses here, as I looked at this song again, it, it, I saw it in a different light. Because these two verses here speak of our past. I once was. And it takes us down that road of where we were when grace found us and we embraced that grace. See, we have to revisit that from time to time. I read something that, uh, oh man, it just hit me right between the eyes because I'm so guilty. It says, we would rather travel 20 miles ahead than travel back one mile. We're so used to being progressive. We're so used to getting things accomplished. We're so used to wanting to see something new and experience something new 
Don't tell me that I got to go back and do something over. I don't want to go back one mile, even if it's just one mile. I'd rather go 20 miles ahead. I want to keep moving on, keep moving on. Am I, am I speaking to anybody else other than me? And yet that past is still important. Here's the secret. We all have a past. To the oldest one here, to the one streaming that's the oldest, to the youngest, we all have a past. And in that past, it's checkered at best. How many have ever done anything boneheaded <laughs> in the past? We're not even talking about the present yet. <laughs> and see how we can laugh at the failures of yesterday. When you learn how to laugh at those failures of yesterday, it helps you laugh at the failures of the present. That past is important. That past reminds us of grace that's kept us in spite of ourselves. That grace that taught us something in the past that's caused us and helped us to get to the present. That grace that's helped us in the failures of the past, the things that didn't go right. How many times have we run our mouth and regretted what came out of our mouth? Any takers today? Oh, but the grace of God, the shame, my fears relieved. You see, fear is tormenting. Oh, if I could just go back and do that over. I made an enemy out of a dear friend back then. And I know them. They're going to get me. The fear that attaches. What's going to help me? Only grace. We talk about generational things. I watched this congregation just a few moments ago. A song just sung that has a little bit of age to it now. Those of us that know that song stood to our feet because it resonated with us. And yet I watched the younger ones of the house not standing because they're just now walking through it. That's why songs are important to us. The Bible says to worship and encourage one another, uh, worship God and encourage one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Well, we know what the psalms are. That's the word of God. What are hymns? They're testimonials. These songs sung today are testimonials of what the word did in somebody's life as they got a hold of it and said, okay, God, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this, but by your grace. And once we get through it, I want to write it down, tell somebody else about it. How they're going to listen if I don't put a musical score to it, that'll help them to remember as well. You see, we all have a past. Well, we really have a past when we look at the Word of God. I want you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. And it won't hurt you. Won't you stand with me as we read God's Word? Those of you at home streaming, stand as well if you can. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1 simply says, Paul, an apostle of Christ, Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Marietta and are faithful in Christ Jesus. That's my version anyhow. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed 
be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has what? Blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. You may be seated. He forgave us. He redeemed us. You see, we have a past. I don't know why we're afraid of this word predestined. I've been in church all my life. Early on, just beginning to understand Scripture and His Word, we just jump over that Word. And doctrines and dogmas and creeds build around that and pitting one another against another. And just, what do we do with that Word? Man, I embrace that Word because my God's in charge and He's got a plan. <laughs> you see, I'm a planner. I do very few things spontaneously. I think through my day before the day even starts. I take an evening to reflect what's been done and what I need to accomplish the next day. And I start thinking of the logistics of it. I think of the people that I need to employ. And I, need, I think about the strategies that go on. Am I talking to anybody else? Well, we got a God who is a great planner. Matter of fact, Paul writes later on to a church in Rome. He kind of goes over the same thing. He said, but... Those who God foreknew, he predestined. Not only did he predestine, he called them. And in that, he justified them and glorified them. How do you feel glorified today? Very few. And yet, it's already at work. He's got a plan. As we go through these laws and these valleys and these seasons and these pandemics and these struggles, we got to know he's got a plan. He's already planned it all the way through. He's not one that's like, whoop, I didn't see that coming. I better get with it today. We've all got a past, and he's redeemed us. How did he do it? Through his blood. Amen. As a child of God, one of the greatest things to get a hold of is scriptures like this that says, wait a minute, I'm in him. I'm in his will. I'm in his blessing. I'm in him. I can't be separated from his love. I'm in him. Circumstances may be swirling, but I'm in him. He keeps me in the eye of the storm. I'm in him. I'm shielded and I'm protected. Oh, I'm affected and I'm touched, but I'm in him. He's had a plan all the way through. But the song doesn't just stop there because there's not just grace for our past, but there's grace for our present. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace 
that hath brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. That's why that past is important to remind me if he did it then, he'll do it again. If he did it for others, he'll do it for me. When I didn't think I could get through it, he not only got me through it, it's been so long that he's comforted me with that. I forgot I even went through it, but at the time, I didn't think I could make it through. He'll keep me now as well. But I love the language here of thus far. Because you see, it actually takes us to the writer of the song, John Newton. This song goes all the way back to 1725. And we go back those many years. And we say, wait a minute. Have I been singing a song like this all along? Oh, no. You see, there's something about the formation of the song that ought to speak to every one of us. We start off with John Newton himself because John had a Catholic father and an Anglican mother. And it was the mother who early on, thank God for children's ministries, thank God for parents that raised their children in the fear and admonition of the Lord and instilled the Word of God. Mom was already sharing scriptures with him and hymns with him. What mom didn't know is mom would be removed from him before John was even seven years of age. But the seed was put there. For John, he... After that time, his dad on the high seas found himself going from boarding school to boarding school, no longer having the nurturing that he knew from mom. He struggled through those years and, of course, became attracted to the high seas himself and finally found himself out there in the industry that his dad was in. And he made his way all the way to the British Navy, but it was there that he did something boneheaded. And he went AWOL. He didn't go AWOL very well because he was captured within two days. And when he was captured, he was beaten and flogged nearly to his death. Caused him, he said, his own word says, I was conflicted in my thoughts between murder and suicide. You ever been there? You ever been so angry you wanted to kill somebody? No raise of hands? All right, you hypocrites, I'll raise them for you. I need to say this. There's a lot of people here today that have been raised in church. A lot of preacher's kids in the house, those watching, who again raised on the fear and admonition of the Lord, but again did stupid things and went through stuff and didn't handle it correctly. Had somebody stab him in the back, somebody betray him, and those thoughts and those emotions of rage and anger to a point, if I could, I'd kill them. I've even used those words, terroristic threats, we call them today. Some of us didn't say them, but we felt them and we thought them. And others said, no, I can't live this way and have battled thoughts of suicide. That was John. John found himself tormented. He finally... Being on the high seas, made his way after the British Navy had expelled him to being on slave ships. An incredible storm just about took that ship out of commission, and he found himself extremely fearful at age 23. And it was there that he bowed a knee 
and ask God to rescue him and to save him. Well, as soon as we hear that, we think, oh, what a wonderful, fabulous story. And he turned around immediately and just walked the narrow road perfectly after that time. That was not the case. This is why the song means so much to all of us because we also understand our journey. We've prayed at one time and asked God to forgive us of our sin, but have we sinned since? The answer is yes. Have we failed God since? The answer is yes. Have we gone back to something we said we'd never do again? How many times have we done that? You see, John's story is that of evolving and growing in grace. Just like the song itself, adaptations. You see, we as Americans embrace this song as if it's always been there. We feel like Adam and Eve were singing Amazing Grace out there in the garden. They didn't sing it. They sure needed it after what they did. But you see, this song has evolved, and for the Americans, it, it really didn't even take, take root in this country to the second great awakening of this nation. Why did I bring all that in? It's to speak to us today. Before the foundation of the world, his grace was already planned. We have grace for a past and grace for the present. This, this wording here, he has kept me safe thus far. The reason this song was written at all is because John was reading a story found in 1 Chronicles as a king by the name of David was approached by a prophet named Nathan. And Nathan came to David and they were euphoric in the moment, excited about the moment because finally the ark was brought back to Jerusalem where it belonged. And David is thinking ahead and thinking, God, I have built myself a fabulous house. It took seven years to build it. I need to build a house for God and for this ark. It doesn't belong in a tent. I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Nathan said, sounds good to me. Until Nathan went back and heard from God himself and went back to David. Now, I got a word for you. You need to chill out, David. That thing's been going around a tent a long time and it's been preserved. I've got this. You're not going to build that house. I'm going to let... One of your offspring, we know it to be Solomon, build that house. What did David do? David got away from the crowd, and he got alone with God, and he began to pray, Oh, God, who am I? And who is my household that you have brought me thus far? You see, David remembered God found him on the hillside out there with sheep. <laughs> and here I am the king today. You brought me thus far. You see, that resonates with us. Where did, where did God find us? You may have been raised in the house of God as well, but he found you. You may have been outside the house, but he found you. See, that grace for the past and that grace for the present speaks to us, but oh my Verse 4, what does it say? 
when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun. We've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. It tells us that there's grace for our future as well. That's why I got looking at that song. That's why that song spoke to us and speaks to us presently. It's because it's evolved, and we're evolving. If you're struggling today thinking you're beyond grace, just go back a mile, and you'll realize that grace took you from that mile marker to where you are now, and this same grace will take you to the next mile marker and the next mile marker and the next mile marker. The six months of adversity and struggle, he's got you. Because you're in him by his grace. Amazing grace. Today we're dealing with a spirit that's moved across the globe. I believe it's because we're in the last days and there's a spirit of lawlessness. But listen to Karl Marx as we hear so much about socialism and Marxism and the very heartbeat of what he was instilling in that philosophy. Religion is a mask. It's an opioid, uh, opiate excuse me, of the people, keeping the people fixated on a future life and anesthetizing their suffering so that they will cooperate in their own exploitation. Karl Marx just felt like we were being duped and drugged up and just promised a future and not dealing with the present. But you see, we know better. That grace has kept us all along. From the foundation of the world, he predestined. He provided. He put things in place. Oh, my. How many times have you wrestled with something thinking, God, I don't know how you're going to show up. I don't know how you're going to get me through this. And you can't see it because it's not even on your horizon. And yet when the next day comes, it's as if mystically or magically or miraculously something just shows up don't you know that God already placed that thing that you couldn't see yesterday in your path when Abraham was called to sacrifice his own son and had that dagger to the heavenwards getting ready to plunge it into that boy's body God already had that ram coming up on the other side of the hill in sequence step after step just lining it up perfect to that moment. Oh God, by your grace, you've provided the sacrifice today. You see, that's why we have to understand that grace is for our past and it's for our present and also for our future. What's the secret? The secret is we always wrestle with pride, but there's no room for pride when it comes to grace. Paul put it this way. He said, I will boast of nothing except his cross. And in his cross, and man, if we ever needed to hear this, we need to hear it today. In his cross, the world has been crucified to me. And I have been crucified to the world. You see, he still knows how to sanctify his people. Oh, I know we've got doctrines and dogmas and creeds with that as well. And sometimes we find ourselves grappling with, it. do I have the verbiage right? Do I have the dots and periods? Do I have it all lined up? 
to understand his sanctifying means. And it's all found in the cross. That cross, that amazing cross of Christ that now allowed him to shed his blood so that we could be in him. I want you to stand with me today.